This is Lloyd Minster's show. This is local that matters to you. Local people. Local events. Local news and sports. For Lloyd Minster and area, this is Live with Kurt Price from the new Lloyd Minster Nissan. Welcome inside the new Lloyd Mr. Nissan on this uh, Friday, this uh, icy Friday. Goodness, the roads are just absolutely terrible out there. And uh, we leave tonight for Mexico, of course. Uh, we'll be leaving uh, very soon here and traveling down that highway. We take a bus uh, from Lloyd Minster to uh, Edmonton, get on a plane, head to Mexico, and word comes this morning that it uh, looks like some changes could be coming to travel. Uh, the uh, federal government announcing that they'll have an announcement next week on travel restrictions and crossing the border. So that can't come soon enough. We're going to talk about restrictions being lifted in the province of Saskatchewan today with our MLA, uh, Colleen Young is here to talk more about that. You can come down to the new Lloyd Mr. Nissan today and have a look at our great inventory. In fact, finding a place to park here this morning was a little bit uh, tricky. There's so much new inventory coming in all the time. But get down to the new Lloyd Mr. Nissan. We'd love to see you. Uh, don't forget to share kindness uh, with the world is a campaign that was started uh, by Paige Kindop at uh, Mother Teresa ECEC School. They were here on Tuesday. Uh, we had uh, Michelle Rustica and Sheila Yerke, principal at uh, the Mother Teresa School, in to talk to us about this campaign. Basically, if you uh, pick up four donuts that were designed by uh, the kids at Mother Teresa, uh, half the proceeds, basically $2.50, from each of those four donuts goes towards nine different charities. Charities that were picked by the kids who designed the donuts at Mother Teresa School. So if you want to find out more information, uh, you can check out Tuesday's show uh, from the new Lloyd Mr. Nissan. You can find that uh, on YouTube, you can find it on Facebook, and of course uh, we post wherever you find your uh, podcasts as well. Kid Scotty Curling Club and Sport and Events Center is hosting Quick Dick McDick uh, one week from tomorrow, Saturday, February the 19th at the Kid Scotty Hall. Uh, once again, uh, proof of vaccination and uh, or a negative test is no longer required. Tickets are $50 and you can get the link to purchase tickets on the Kid Scotty Sport and Events Center Facebook page. And uh, tickets are once again $50 and I imagine that that is going to sell out. How about our Lloyd Mr. Bobcats? Winners of four in a row, playoffs just around the corner, and the Cats are home tonight to play the Brooks Bandits. That's a tough one for uh, the Cats, but you can get into that game and the other four remaining home games for just $50. The Cats offering up an end-of-season special, and uh, they will have eight games remaining total, I believe, before we get to the playoffs with the Cats hitting fifth place in the North Division. Gord Bamford's in Lashburn on his Kick COVID and the Ass Tour tomorrow night. Proceeds support the Lashburn and Maidstone Kinsmen and Connects as they get ready for uh, Telemiracle in Regina. It's an adults-only show. Uh, go to GordBamford.com for tickets, and you'll not only get a ticket, you get a rapid test with that ticket as well. The Lloyd Mr. Legion is hosting a roast beef supper on Saturday. Pickup or curbside pickup is available for a home-cooked roast beef dinner that includes dessert uh, to place your order call 306-825-2521 pickup happens between 4 and 7 p.m tomorrow night 
Lloydminster Youth Council holding a Valentine skate on Sunday from 2 to 5 at the Husky Oval. Everyone is welcome to skate, and you can skate with your sweetheart. You can skate with the kids, and there's prizes to be won. A few special guests will show up, and uh, some mascots will be out skating as well. Lloydminster Exhibitions chase the ace draws now down to 34 cards uh, remaining in their deck with a jackpot that started on Thursday at $68,607. E-transfer your $10 or improve your odds by picking up a few extra tickets to chase the ace at LloydXH.com. But if you're e-transferring, you do so before Tuesday night at midnight. And of course, you can purchase tickets the day of uh, right up until 7 p.m. on the website and 6 p.m. in person at the Lloyd X office. The City of Lloydminster and LNA Chartered Accountants will host Winterfest on Family Day, February 21st. Indoor and outdoor activities uh, will be set up for families throughout the city at places like the Service Sports Centre and Bud Miller All Seasons Park. Uh, Winterfest will run from 10 to 3 and Sandra Brown is going to be joining us uh, tomorrow to talk more about Winterfest. February 26th, Spiros Family Restaurant hosting a winter block party. And uh, New Lloyd Mr. Nissan is proud to be a sponsor of both uh, Winterfest with the city and the Spiros Winter Block Party. At the Spiros Winter Block Party, we're helping to host sleigh rides. There'll also be Latier, a bonfire with s'mores, face painting, mini donuts, and more. And one more here, the 18th Annual Cutterelli for Cancers, February the 26th, the Lloydminster Exhibition Grounds. Four ways to participate, be a teamster, ride horseback, ghost hands are available, but get your tickets uh, as soon as you can, especially if you want to be in for the Early Bird Prize, and the Early Bird Prize is awesome. It's a fire pit that can be designed by the winner, so you pick your logo, whether it's your brand or whether it's a football team or uh, you know some wildlife you want to be put on that uh, that fire pit, that's the way to do it. You can call Della at 780-871-0454 to get more information, or you can stop out at the Lloyd Mr. Exhibition and pick up tickets or get them on the Lloyd X's website as well. Uh, proof of vaccination no longer required for the Cutterelli for Cancer Supper. Of course, that's on February the 26th as well. And we'll talk about those restrictions being lifted with MLA Colleen Young in just a moment from the new Lloyd Mr. Nissan. At Diamond 7 Meats, we work with local farm families to provide a high-quality product and a great selection for you. Try our mouth-watering Smokies, pulled pork, roast beef, and more. Made pure and natural with no additives or fillers. We offer custom processing, and our experienced team works for you to provide a selection of sausage, burgers, and jerkies made to your specifications. Take your grilling to the next level with a Yoder Smoker. Complete the grilling experience with a Canadian-made, award-winning line of House of Q barbecue sauces. We're locally owned and operated, and we look forward to seeing you today. PWM Steel in Lloydminster is the key supplier and largest indoor inventory of steel between Edmonton and Saskatoon. Locally owned, PWM Steel offers a wide range of services from steel cutting and bending to custom sign and powder coating. PWM Steel uses aluminum products as well as new and recycled steel. Key supplier of steel products and services since 1982. Visit their website at pwmsteel.com.
local people. Local events, local advertising. To advertise on Live with Kurt Price, call 780-522-9433 or visit forgesmedia.com. Great to have you with us this morning from the new Lloyd, Mr. Nissan, and great to have MLA Colleen Young uh, with us today to talk about restrictions being lifted in Saskatchewan. And uh, uh, Colleen has always been um, so generous with her time. So thank you, Colleen. Uh, you have visited us so many times during this pandemic. We can't thank you enough for sharing uh, your thoughts and sharing what's happening with the government of Saskatchewan. I can't imagine what we'd talk about if it wasn't for COVID. I mean, I, I've wondered that often. I've thought, if, if Colleen came on my show and there was no COVID, what would we be talking about? Would we, would we actually be talking about good things like a uranium mine being reopened I, in northern Saskatchewan? Absolutely, and, Kurt. I'm sure that there'd be lots of things for us to talk about other than COVID. So. It, it has, like, obviously this show, you know, was, was generated because of COVID-19. It, yeah. uh, it was a, you know, a byproduct sort of of, and you were one of our first guests and you, you've kept us up to date. And now I feel like things are different. Do you feel like things are different? Because we've seen the province open up before, but this one feels different. This feels like the one that sticks. I believe it's the one that sticks too. And I'm pretty sure that's where we're going, Kurt. I, you know, I'm back, you know, at the beginning of COVID, as we all know, everybody was trying to find out what this virus was all about and, uh, you know, how we dealt with it. So, I mean, what we thought was going to be a two-week shutdown um, for everybody to get things together turned out to be two years, as we all know. And, and uh, as much as, you know, people want to say, you know, put a blame on somebody and point at the government and say, well, it's their fault, I think the virus played a, lot, a bigger part in it than the government did. Um, it changed as time went, um, as we know, and uh, we had to deal with it in different ways. But I think this time we have seen it wane to the point where we know that, yes, it's still transmissible, but we're gonna have to live with that transmission. And because of people doing their part and playing and being responsible and going out and get vaccinated, getting their booster shots and everything, um, we are at a point where now people aren't ending up in ICU to the rate they were, particularly during the Delta. So the, vac the vaccine passports, that mandate, can we call it a mandate? Do we call uh, it a mandate? was a mandate. Yeah. yeah. That will end on midnight Sunday. So Absolutely. Valentine's Day, you want to take your sweetheart out to a restaurant, you don't have to show proof of vaccination. How was that decision made, Colleen? I know that people wanted it immediate where, you know, we heard uh, quite a bit that, you know, end them now today. Um, but as we also know, it took time when mandates came in for everybody to adjust and change to what those restrictions were. It's the same thing going out. There are certain businesses, certain industries, certain sectors of our province that need a few days to adjust with their clientele in order to, to lift all the restrictions. So um, particularly in our healthcare sector. And I, and I think that's where the caution has to be. And they need to adjust to, to going back to, you know, keeping some of the things that have worked well during, uh, during the pandemic, but also moving back out into opening up. And how about the decision just to say, we are going to end this? You know, it'd be wonderful if we could guarantee you that it's over and done with. Nobody can do that. And I don't think even the government can do that. 
we want to say, yep, we're opening up and all the restrictions will be gone by the end of this month. And that includes the masking mandate. But there, we, uh, you know, for us to be able to say we guarantee that it'll never happen again, I, we can't do that. And I don't think anybody can. As a caucus, do you guys sit down and look at numbers and things get explained and then you vote, this is what we should do? What happens in we, government to absolutely, say this is what we, we do? Have, we, it's not necessarily a vote, but we do get to voice, particularly what we're hearing across our constituencies and from our constituents. It isn't about my opinion and what I've read, what I have you know, want to believe in. It's about what I hear from my constituents, and and that's for the vast majority of the uh, of my caucus. We've had many opportunities. Actually, that was just this last Tuesday. We were all together, and um, you know, having the discussion around what we'd heard, what we were reading about, what we were seeing out there, and what we were sharing uh, with one another, and um, you know, coming to a decision as to what we believe is the right thing to do at this point in time. What are you hearing from your constituents? Well, uh, you know, when the Premier started virtual signaling that we were going to be moving, removing restrictions in the very near future, and particularly by the end of the month, um, the emails were coming fast and ready. I op would open my emails in the morning and 229 would show up just like that. But. Um, they're still cautioned by some, and um, we understand that, and, and it's based on their own personal circumstances and um, health, particularly. But the vast majority of people, I believe, are, are done with any restrictions in this province and are ready to move on with their lives. Have you heard from municipalities? Like we've heard in Edmonton and Calgary, they looked at doing their own vaccine uh, passport. Is Saskatchewan any different? Are you getting pushback from any of the municipalities? No, not the municipalities in particular. Um, I think they're ready to open up too. They want their economy to, to flourish and get back to doing the work that they need to do. Um, it's mostly just from individuals and certain sectors of our health care um, that have some concern with regards to moving a little too quickly as far as they're concerned. At the end of the month, when masking ends, when the vaccine passport is two weeks gone, um, what will remain? What, what sort of mandates will remain from, from COVID-19? Um, I know, like, m my dad's in the hospital. I can't go see him. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, you have to put one person on a list or two people on a list, I think it is. And those people don't change. You can't switch those out. So I haven't been able to see him. So will that eventually end? How will, how will those things go out or, or is that, that even... Is, a... That is the work that's being done now um, with our chief medical health officer and our team is to work with our healthcare sector, particularly around our healthcare facilities, such as long-term care, personal care homes, um, those kinds of things where, you know, those are our most vulnerable sector and that uh, we have to work with those healthcare um, systems in order to ensure that as we move out of this, and as we've said, the masking will be gone by the end of the month, but those facilities and those sector parts of our healthcare system in particular, we need to work a little closer with right now to ensure that they feel comfortable moving out of this and opening up once again to public visiting the way it was before. It may not be the way it was before. So. 
how about surgeries, uh, day surgeries, any kind of surgeries? Are those back in Saskatchewan? Like, are you seeing those slowly come back, or do those come? How fast do those come? We back? have we have moved very quickly um, in the last month month and a half, as um, the Minister Merriman has stated, that to put our health care workers back doing the jobs they were doing before, and especially in surgeries, and getting them ramped back up again. And we've been working very diligently at that as well. Um, there's been a lot of work done in the last month in order to increase, work with our universities to increase um physician seats, nursing seats, LPN seats within our post-secondary education system so that we do have the people who can work in those healthcare sectors ready, you know, um, as soon as possible. Um, just recently this week, we've also signed an agreement with the Philippines. I, I don't know if anybody knows that again, to try to get more healthcare workers over here and to open up more seats within our University of Saskatchewan in order for healthcare to, you know, see more uh, people trained. Are you hearing from people that through all this, what they want to see is better healthcare or a more prepared healthcare for if something like this happens again? You know that we always we there's always work to do on on providing better health care. There's no doubt about that. Um, that has been a challenge, um, not just in our province, but I could think across the country, and uh, that's something that we have focused on uh, throughout this pandemic. Is the work that we need to do to ensure that quality and more effective and efficient health care is in place. Um, we started out with 74 ICU beds, and we're going to ramp that up to 150 ICU beds so that if ever a crisis happens again in our province, that we have more ICU beds ready. And the staffing. You know, people said, well, why don't we have more ICU beds? Well, a lot of it is about the having those people that can manage those ICU beds. You have to have special physicians. You have to have therapists. Uh, you have to have, you know, special respirologists that are able to work in those ICU rooms. I might be out of, out of touch here with this question, but for, any, uh, for anybody who was laid off because they didn't get vaccinated, does that end with the vaccine passport? Are they called back to work? That's discussions that our minister is having with um, union representatives and healthcare um, you know, facilities in our province right now as to see where that goes. I would hope that they do. I would hope sincerely that, you know, we can recognize that those people are very valuable and should be at work. One of the takeaways from Scott Moe's, um, I don't want to call it a speech the other day, but it kind of, it was an announcement, but it kind of yeah. turned into a speech about, you know, not losing friends. Don't lose a friend over COVID. There may be, uh, so, you know, the, there may be a time where you're, where you're separated for a little while, but bring that friendship kind of back together and let's start healing. Do you have any suggestions for how people can, and, and have you seen it yourself? Have you seen that divide? Oh, absolutely. Yourself? I've seen it. I think we all have um, to a great extent um, throughout this pandemic. You know, I was just listening to um, a podcast and a speaker here just on my way back from Regina the other day with regards to what happened after the Spanish flu and what happened in 1935 and some of the things that happened during those health crises that we had in our province and in our country and it did the same thing people you know took a while to heal and to get back to uh, rebuilding those friendships and I would suggest that you know 
as children, even, you know, if you think about it, you know, with your own siblings, if something went wrong in the household, it's his fault. It's his fault. You know, we all pointed and looked to blame, right, when things go wrong. And I would hope that, you know, we are smart enough and um, educated enough to be able to recognize, you know, that we may have ourselves individually cause some divisiveness and some challenges with our own friendships and even within our own families. And uh, as the Premier has said, it's time to heal those. It's time to reach out. And sometimes those difficult phone calls or um, conversations are hard to have. Um, but I think it's important because I think that's what brings people back together in order to move forward. With, with people, with Saskatchewan, with Alberta, with different provinces, you know, announcing an end to these mandates, has the government of Saskatchewan reached out to um, the Prime Minister and to the federal government to say, we believe it's time for the federal mandates to end as well? Absolutely. I know that uh, Premier Mo has, you know, reached out to the federal government and has sent a letter saying, you know, he needs to listen and he needs to hear the people and that he needs to act and you know he needs to be the representative and the leader that we need for this country and he hasn't shown that when you think about what's going on in ottawa and what's going on at our border crossings colleen what what do you think of what's your opinion on what is happening in ottawa what is happening at the at the coots border crossing the windsor crossing i uh, there's one in manitoba now there's one going to be at the peace bridge tomorrow now there's only yep. four uh border crossings that will be blocked apparently ontario calls a you know a state of emergency today they did yes what, what what do you think when you see all this happening the people are speaking up and um you know i support it support the truckers convoy and not participating in it but i do support them I, you know when the people um have something to say and want their leaders to hear them sometimes they need to take a little bit more drastic action than we would want them to and that's just what people are doing there's you know we we see many a times you know when there's an election going on people we say people vote with their feet right well people are voting with their trucks and yeah. their vehicles and that's what's happening here is they're they're finding a way to be heard and there's nothing wrong with that do you see it as a pent-up frustration from two years? Or do you see this as pent-up frustration from the last seven years where they feel ignored by their government? I think it's pent-up frustration from the last seven years. We have um, a prime minister in this country who has been making decisions that have really hurt the citizens of this country and are continuing to do so. And I think it's time for people to take action. I, if that's what needs to be done in order for him to listen. Are you okay with the border crossing being blocked with Windsor, Coates? You know, uh, there, uh, I was just, as I uh, was mentioning to you earlier, um, I had to travel down to Regina on uh, Monday night and back on Tuesday, and I've never seen so many semis on the road coming and going, carrying, you know, whatever products they are um, to our communities across this province. And so there's still a lot of people working hard to make sure that we get our, our products. Um, yes, there are others that are blocking the way, but I think that there's still movement. There's still things happening and people are able to, to work and uh, get going. Um, should they be completely blocking it? No. I think they have to realize that products have to get 
to people, and that includes food. And I think that's really important, and I think people need to think about that. Do you want to you want to take a guess on how this all ends? <laughs> do you want to do you want to hazard a guess on? Well, as what? I said, I was listening to this podcast. They didn't end well both of those times. I'm I'm hoping that you know, as we say, we should learn from history. <laughs> you know, and that um, things end a lot different. I'm I'm just hoping that our prime minister and our federal government um, steps up to the plate, and starts listening and is willing to come out or, or you know, invite um, a group of people to come in and sit down and have that conversation. That's all they're asking for is to say, hear us out, right? Um, what comes out of that? That's something that will have to be discussed amongst the government. But at the same time, I think people need to be heard. Um, I've met with people in my office who aren't necessarily on the same side as, as the restrictions and the mandates. And I listen to them and I have to hear them out too and take their voice to the government to say this is what I'm hearing and this is what people are trying to tell me. So, you know, I think he needs to do the same thing and he needs to step up and pull up his socks, whatever <laughs> color they may be of the day, and uh, listen. Uh, Saskatchewan's done a great job with rapid tests. I mean, they have been, they, they've been available. If you, if you yeah. want rapid tests, they have been available. We were at the, the library. They said they got twice as many you know, on the opening day that the library opened, yes. they said they had twice as many as they've gotten in the last two weeks. They were really impressed with the amount. They said, we won't run out this time. How long will those rapid tests be available? Like, are those free for the foreseeable future? or, or when They we are. We have actually ordered more, and there's more that I think that just came this week. So, yes, the rapid tests will continue to be available for free to the public. Um, they may be accessed in different locations as time goes based on you know what we do like as you know that our pcr testing now is only um for those um the vulnerable and our healthcare sector because and and i think people are frustrated a little bit by that there is also that concern but part of that is as i said we've been ramping back up our surgeries ramping up our healthcare system and putting people back to work where they their expertise is and what they need to be doing so we've had to reduce staffing in those sort of areas so we don't have the avail ability to test i don't think people realize you know with the pcr testing people go to work at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning in those labs in order to process them as quickly as they possibly can so it's been a challenge keeping enough people doing those things. Uh, next up for me after these mandates is the carbon tax. I, I see it oh. as a bigger threat to everything than, than the carbon tax. Uh, gas is 143 in Lloydminster today. Yeah. A friend of mine in Ontario sent me a picture. It's 176 there. I think it's uh, the this, same in BC right now. Yeah. I heard it was 174. Yeah. And, and our heating bills are through the roof. Uh, I mean, um, early January... It was, or late January, it was dominating social media on how much people's heating bills and their power bills have increased. And we even saw Bob Layton in, uh, in Edmonton come out and say, how am I going to afford these? I may have to get a part-time job because <laughs> the carbon tax is set to go up to $170 a ton. Not in April, but it is supposed to increase in April. 
is there any hope for getting rid of this thing or a made in Saskatchewan plan? Well, as I said, um, you know, if our prime minister would come out and start listening to people, because I too was listening, uh, as I said, driving back to an economist who was saying not only the uh, carbon tax going up on April the 1st, but we're going to get hit with that um, fuel uh, tax October the 1st of 4%. So, Clean fuel standards. The is that clean what it is? fuel standards. Yeah, and so that is really, that is really going to hurt people. So um, Saskatchewan has been fighting this, as we all know. Um, we haven't won to the point where we'd like to at this point in time, but it's something that we will be looking at, and we keep pushing the federal government to listen because it is hurting our industries, and as you know, we've just seen billions and billions of uh, dollars of private investment coming to our province and they need power they need fuel they need the things to run those investments in our province and so that's an extra expense for them that we have to consider into those did you hear from constituents on their heating bills I have had two. I haven't had a lot, but I have had two. But mostly because Lloydminster, once again, is unique in the sense that even though they live on the Saskatchewan side, their uh, heat and gas is coming from an Alberta (laughs) supplier, right? For the most part, yeah. For the most part. So even though Saskatchewan, you know, has provided energy rebates to their Saskatchewan residents they haven't been able to access that because they're not. Their billing comes from Alberta. I saw a poll recently. It said most people didn't even know what their rebate was for a carbon tax. They have no idea how much. I don't think anybody has seen one, Kurt. Yeah. So even though, you know, I know our prime minister back when he first started bringing this in says, oh, yeah, you'll see it back. You know, you're paying it. But guess what? You're going to get it back. I don't think anybody has seen one yet. Is there anything people can do? Like, is there, like, I just, at times, you know, you open up your heating bill and you see it's gone up by $300. You kind of feel helpless a little bit, you know. Is there anything that people can do? I, I, you know, I always encourage my constituents to make sure they're writing their MPs, they're writing their MLAs. Like I said, I, I get emails lots every day that I have to try to respond to or phone calls to, uh, you know, um, make back. Um, getting a hold of your MP, letting them know where you stand on these things, and you want to be heard. And I think it's incumbent upon them to stand up in the House in Ottawa and say, this is what my constituents are saying, and this is what's really hurting them. And it's because you have put these things in place that are causing their fuel costs to go up, their heating bills to go up, their cost of living to go up, period. Anything I'm forgetting about the restrictions, Colleen, that you wanted to make sure no, people know about? No, I think that people are just happy to see that, you know, we have decided to remove the restrictions, to get rid of the VAX pass, and let people get back to normal and uh, living their lives. Yes, the virus is here. It hasn't gone away, and we know that. Um, it is still transmissible, readily transmissible, but it isn't affecting people in the same way that the Delta variant did or the initial uh, COVID-19 virus did. And I think that we've come to realize that and that we know that we have to live with this and move on. So, you know, we're still encouraging people to get fully vaccinated when they can. I, I think 
I believe um, that is, is important as well, just like we've had many other vaccines that have protected us and helped us from not getting seriously ill and ending up in the hospital. Thanks, Colleen. You're more than welcome. Appreciate your I'm time. happy to be here. So be welcome back anytime, I hope. Oh, I hope so too. <laughs> we future. can talk about something other than and COVID. I, and I hope that we are talking more about community events and yeah. supports for, you know, our industries and the things that make this province great. Well, what did I, what did I see this morning where the exports from Saskatchewan, those numbers just came out. It was like $36 billion yeah. of exports from our, and, and, and I, I can't remember whether we were first or second, but we were up there in leading Canada in exports. Yes, we are. And, yeah. and you know what? Um, even our job numbers, even though during COVID had gone down significantly, even though, you know, when the restrictions first came in, we were the only province that had 87% of our industries still able to carry on and do and do their work. Yes. Uh, some of the smaller businesses and things, it would have affected them more. But the vast majority of people were still working. Yes, we lost 12,500 jobs or whatever across the province. But even just in the month of January, we've gained 4,000 jobs back. Our construction industry is booming. Um, we're really concerned, be, uh, you know, and it's a good concern to have with the investments that are coming to the province, particularly around the Regina area, whether or not they'll have accommodations for all the people that are going to be working yeah. and have jobs. So it's a good problem to have. So we're happy to see that happening in our province again. And our exports, yes, are doing very well. We are doing more to exert our autonomy when it comes to our our own province and our exports and uh, we are we have opened off offices overseas we have made some agreements in other countries and we're getting our product there you talk about construction have you seen the lloyd like you've driven on lloyd mr roads right <laughs> i can only imagine with this hot cold yo-yo that we've had going on here oh yeah roads right across the province but but good on, good on, good on our city. Uh, they're working at it hard in order to get snow removal done. And I know people would like it today yeah. <laughs> in their, each of their areas. But the city, I think, has done a pretty good job of, of removing snow as quickly as they possibly can. Um, melting and freezing up has made it probably a little more difficult in some intersections to do. But that's, that's where we live, Kurt. And well, we deal with it. Well, with uh, with going away, because we're actually going to travel for the first time in two years, uh, not only have I been worried about COVID, like the last thing you want to do is get COVID just before you're ready to go on a trip or something yeah. like that, right? But the other thing for me has been trying not to slip on the ice, like because it has uh, been... like That's true. I think yeah. one day I slid down the driveway. I just, like, <laughs> I haven't <laughs> skied in a while, but I basically just slid down the driveway when I felt myself going. I was like, I'll oh, just let the wind take just me. Just let me go. Yeah. Just, <laughs> <laughs> just keep my balance. I'll hit and the road I, eventually yeah, where, there's, right. where there's no uh, ice. So. That has been a challenge. I, you know, our farmers, I mean, saw drought last year, but I'm sure they're happy to see all the moisture that we're getting right now. I hope it stays. I mean, as much as people are saying, you know, it's ice and snow and, you know, complaining about driving. The moisture's good. It's yeah. good for our farming and our agriculture industry, and we really do need it. Um, our southwest part of the province is still struggling to get some major, you know, moisture down there. Um, up here, I think we're doing pretty good, um, but we could always take more. That's a good point. And I, you look at the Coots border crossing, you know, and, and you're like, where's the snow? 
Yeah, nothing. Like, you know, Lethbridge has a, I have a son that lives in Lethbridge. He's shoveled once. Isn't that something? <laughs> we were down there just recently and there wasn't a speck of snow once you get south of Oxhall. And I said, you have no snow. He says, I've shoveled once. <laughs> so, yeah. So the southern parts of our province have seen, you know, a little bit and then melt away. They could use moisture. So. And recreation too, because like I mentioned our lake had almost completely dried up. It was so, you know, this is really, really helping. I've seen yeah. pictures of lakes, though, that have had water sitting on top of them just in the last week here, which is not a good thing. It's a little too early That's for a, that. that. So, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I hope it stays cold yet for a while and we see some snow yet. It's only February. So, thanks, Colleen. Thanks for your time. You're more than welcome. So, thank you, Kurt. And thank you for joining us today. Like I say, we're back again tomorrow, and Sandra Brown will be here. We'll talk about Winterfest and what's top of mind in Winterfest is that weather. Hopefully, the the you know it, it'll stay a little bit cold. We can still skate on Bud Miller Park and that kind of stuff on the twenty first on a family day. But it looks like next week it will uh, cool off a little bit. And we will be talking to you next week from Mexico.